Podcast family, this is part two of our myth-busting regarding preeclampsia. So if you didn't listen to part one, I'm telling you, you're going to be missing out. Got to go back and listen to part one. This is part two, and we're going to talk about the new theories regarding the origins, the pathophysiology of preeclampsia. Is the placenta the villain or the victim? Well, it seems to be the victim. So let's get into that now. You are now listening to my dad's podcast. Preeclampsia is a multi-organ disorder which presents as a well-recognized clinical syndrome characterized by predominantly cardiovascular manifestations attributed to systemic inflammation, endothelial dysfunction, and generalized vasoconstriction resulting in hypertension and multi-organ hypoperfusion. The maternal vascular inflammatory syndrome that's characteristic of preeclampsia is thought to be triggered by abnormal levels of soluble FMS-like tyrosine kinase 1 and placental growth factor. These are commonly referred to as angiogenic imbalances. These angiogenic factors are known to be secreted into the maternal circulation by the dysfunctional placenta as a consequence of cellular oxidative stress resulting from ischemia reperfusion injury related to the impaired endovascular invasion of the spiral arteries by the trophoblast. So for years, because of this altered trophoblastic invasion, the placenta was called the villain. But this emerging data now shows that the reason the placenta invades in this weird way into the spiral arteries is not a direct cause of preeclampsia, but a result of issues in the maternal compartment. Now again, we're going to be highlighting and summarizing findings from a soon-to-be-released expert review article from the AJOG called The Placenta and Preeclampsia. Is it the villain or the victim? Yeah, even though we don't know the specific one factor that causes preeclampsia, there is an overwhelming amount of data that shows that preeclampsia is primarily a consequence, not just of this weird trophoblast invasion, but, are you ready? An alteration in the maternal cardiovascular system that's already there. Uterine malperfusion may be a pre-pregnancy phenomenon that's caused by a dysfunctional maternal heart as indirectly demonstrated by several studies showing a higher prevalence of PE and fetal growth restriction, for example, in women who have congenital heart disease. Yeah, it's true. Even after multivariate logistic regression with numerous covariates addressed, congenital heart disease remains significantly associated with increased odds of pre eclampsia or eclampsia development. So the authors of this large review that looked at congenital heart disease and subsequent preeclampsia, the authors speculated that reduced placental perfusion may be the cause of preeclampsia. In other words, it's the altered maternal cardiovascular response that leads to the altered placental invasion, and then you get preeclampsia. So once again, there is definitely this tie between alterations in the maternal cardiovascular system as being the required component for the later development of preeclampsia. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, Familia, let's go over this issue of maternal cardiovascular function before the development of preeclampsia. In other words, let me show you what the maternal compartment kind of looks like, but it's still masked until pregnancy happens. And yes, I did call you Familia. Look, I'm part Italian, part Spanish, little touch of Cuban. And so you put all that together and then occasionally you get a Familia thrown out there abnormalities in several cardiac parameters like left ventricular remodeling, diastolic dysfunction, increased systemic vascular resistance, and reduced cardiac index are evident at mid-pregnancy in women several weeks before they develop the clinical signs and symptoms of preeclampsia. Did y'all get that? In other words, the cardiovascular compartment is jacked before the actual findings of preeclampsia. This finding has now been reported in several studies and suggests that unfavorable cardiac adaptation to pregnancy actually, here's a clinical pearl, predates the clinical manifestations of preeclampsia. Check this out. Numerous studies have consistently demonstrated that women affected by preterm or early onset preeclampsia mainly present with a hemodynamic pattern that's high systemic vascular resistance and low cardiac index. This was also called high resistance, low output circulation. And it was thought that this was pathologically different, for example, than those who had preeclampsia at term. But we now know that when you actually stratify for all the different changes, even women who develop term preeclampsia have the exact same findings to women who deliver it preterm. All right, so that's the clinical pearl. If somebody asks you on your oral boards, explain to me the pathophysiology of preeclampsia, then the first answer is, well, we don't really know yet, but there's great theories that it actually starts in the maternal cardiovascular compartment first, and it's been defined as a high-resistance low output circulation. That in turn leads to uterine or placental hypoperfusion, which leads to altered trophoblast invasion of the spiral arteries, which leads to leaking of pro-inflammatory basoconstrictive agents from the placenta into the maternal compartment, further augmenting the already present messed up cardiovascular system. And as we wrap this up, remember, we've always known that women who develop de novo preeclampsia postpartum are sicker and are harder to manage because their blood pressure just won't go away, even after they've had, quote, the cure for the condition, right? Delivery. Now, we addressed that in part one. That's why I told you, if you hadn't listened to part one, you got to go back because delivery is not the cure for preeclampsia. The persistence of postpartum adverse morphofunctional cardiac changes is unexpected. In other words, things should go back to normal, especially since the mother does not have the additional oxygen demands and the volume load of the fetal placental unit and it's returned back to normal. This implies that either pre-pregnancy or de novo preeclampsia related to its cardiovascular dysfunction that was already there and just had late manifestation after delivery. In other words, the only thing that can explain the development of preeclampsia after delivery 
is this altered maternal cardiovascular system, right? I mean, the load to the mother is gone. The hypervascularity should be resolving. So what can cause preeclampsia postpartum? Well, again, it's that unmasking, in this case late, of that already injured maternal cardiovascular compartment. All right, so what's the take-home message? The pathophysiology of preeclampsia is still being elucidated. But it seems that the placenta may be more victim than villain in this issue. Now, remember that this is coming out in the American Journal of OBGYN, and the title is called The Placenta and Preeclampsia, Villain or Victim. So be on the lookout for that expert review. Guys, we're so thankful for you being part of our podcast family. we see you next time on Clinical Pearls.